Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a first Friday edition of the program. Merely Bo in the Great Z. How you living, buddy? Well, I know that you can't be happy. Why is that? Why? I'm all right. No, it's going on outside. You can't be pleased with that. Oh, the, freezing, the rain. Freezing, freezing rain. rain. Ice but rain. It's 70 tomorrow. How? And then like 22 Friday. That can't be good for the Sicknesses? environment, for, the, for illness, yeah. for the... I- for the animals? I'm okay. No. I mean, I'll tell you. Like, the walk this morning with Buddy Garrity, it was not fun in the rain. No. That was not a treat in any way. No. He looked at me like, really? You sure? Can't sure we just we do, do this, this in here? Yeah, how do we and go I said, from- no, we're not. We got to gotta move. So, I, I'm not worried about the temperature. It's the rain. It's been raining all day. Yeah. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. It's going to go 65 and then down to tw- Why? It's nuts. And then it stabilizes. Like, do you think we will – are we done with winter? No more big snow? The one thing you can usually say around here once you get through February is sustained snow is over. Like, we will get snow again, but it won't yeah. stick for two weeks or no, whatever, I or think, a month. I, I think, think you're right about it. that. I think this was a huge year for the plow industry because you, oh, you pay your flat fee and then however many pushes they do or do not have to do, this was a, free, a good year for them. You do flat I go per push. You go per push? They got crushed. What? They would have got crushed by the per push. I think they yeah. were only there twice. Yeah, but you last three year times. you would have gotten per push would not have been great for you. Look at that guy. It comes Is in he... and out. Look at him again Jeez, every Scott's week. On a just on a it's a first fight. Oh he's my gosh, the, he's the gritty. The, he's hitting the gritty. The whole bit. Just all so much panache. So it's much panache. Tripping with panache. Yeah, look at him. I like that. That's yeah. his move, really. Is yeah. that? Little roll of the dice. That's the roll of the dice. That's his yeah. move. That's Look the one. Dom's like. got Dom's some heat on his feet. Yeah, what's he got? Does he got T. Scott? I don't too. even know what he's wearing. I've never even seen what Dom's wearing. But they're talking about. Look, they're looking down. Yeah, it's always good when a conversation between two men starts with them looking at each other's feet. Yeah, my oldest this morning. We we it was big contemplation what to wear to school today because he wanted to play basketball at recess. And I said, well, first of all, I don't think you're going to have a recess. I think it's going to be raining. I think that's you're right. inside. So I think that's probably that's going to go. And then I said, um, so for his birthday and for Christmas over the holidays, he asked for everybody, anybody who asked, what do they want to get him? He said, get me gift cards. So he asked for gift cards for Nike and Dick's. Yep. So I said, um, I said, okay, fine. So let's, let's go ahead and do that. So he goes to purchase the things and all he buys is like, dunks jordans like these type of shoes that he doesn't want to crease right he doesn't want to crease them i said listen dude crease them your foot's going to grow in six months and none of these are going to fit fits. you anyway yes and your brother's going to wear them no he's not and i'm like what they're not museum pieces like they're going to be worn so have you this told morning, him that the time to become a sneaker collector is when his foot stops growing of course of course yes but like if that's what he, if he wants gift cards who am i to say well you can't use them on that like that you know that's the way it goes so anyway, he's got all these shoes that he can't wear because he doesn't want to crease them. And watching him walk with shoes that he can't crease is just amazing. It's stunning how ridiculous he walks. Who's so into this crease, no crease world? Him and his little animals. They're all into it. That's their gimmick. They're what all are worried they, about it. It's, it's, it's absurd. Crazy. It's nuts. You can't become a sneakerhead. You can uh, pick out what you would like to have in your collection, but save yeah. your money until your foot stops growing. Right. And then they're yours. Otherwise, he's going to have these things. He's not going to crease they're them. Done in six and they're going to he's gone in less than a year. Then it's going to be middle brothers. Then Beamsy it's going to be gets it. Beamsy, Beamsy. Then the boots and Bootsy's going to be like, I don't care about. It. I'm going to wear them in the pl- to yeah. play. 
play shoes. He's for gonna him. Go, I'm going to go wear these in the mud. Of course he is. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. Fit your feet is the answer. Right. No, it's all bad on all levels. Yeah. Um, but he's complaining to me today that he doesn't have any play shoes. I said, well, that's your problem. Like you're you're the one who's wanted the these are the shoes. These are your play shoes. Wear whatever you want, man. I'm not stopping you. Yes, exactly. Wear what you want. You get. You got into this. Use mess. them. They are going to be gone. That's one thing, and you could imagine under the yoke of Pedro, I was not allowed at all to get super nice sneakers. No. I could maybe have one decent pair for basketball, but I wasn't able to go get like what you everybody wanted, at yeah. Jordan Sixes, and I wanted Jordan Sixes one year, and he's like, Yeah, no. Yeah, that ain't happening. Yeah, your yeah. foot changes in a yeah. month. Not I would it. my rule the rule for me was the basketball shoe from and most of the times I got I, it was usually a Christmas gift. I got what I would want. I would have like a wish list. Like I remember specifically the Jordan fours I had, um, and and some I think I had the sixes too. Like there were those that I had asked for and got them yeah. for Christmas. But the rule was then I wore them the next year for school. What? That was the operation. So I wore them through basketball season, and then the next year they were my school shoes. Yeah, but they would fit your foot. They usually would last six months. You'd get six months out of them. Okay. To a year, usually okay. a year. You could force your foot in. I grew rapidly yeah yeah my growth I, my growth spurt didn't hit until high school okay so it was but i was able to you know get a year out of a shoe um so, so yeah that was the rule that, that me was. and uh me and boots have a pair you know my highlighter yellow yeah slip-ons which are great those are great we have them in common boots and i i got he liked them so i got them for him as well as for me and I went to go put them on yesterday because I like to wear them with my navy pants. They have the navy stripe down yeah, the middle yeah. of it. Yeah. And yesterday was a fine weather day. It wouldn't it have been cool. an issue. Yeah. Today, obviously, I couldn't have worn them. So I go to put them on. Left foot goes on perfectly. The right foot is an 11 and a half. Oh. So he has a mismatch pair. He's walking pair. around. What are you, a 13? Yeah. So he's walking around with a 13 and an 11 and a half? And hasn't noticed. <laughs> I've said to him, hey, you've got one of my shoes. Yesterday I said to him on text, you yeah. got one of my shoes. Nothing. Nothing. So I said, bring them home today, please. Because I would like to. I'd <laughs> Look like my down, 13. Boots. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, how does he not know? I don't know. How did I discover it just by trying to put them on? He wore them out of the house. How did he put one on and be like, this feels bigger. There's the possibility of it just from the one thing I will say was those those are epic reacts, aren't they? They're the like slip eyes that. Yeah, I think that's sure. an epic react. Um, the one thing about those shoes is that no matter what, they're the same snug around the ankle. Yeah, because it's a sock. Yeah. So you it's 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 at least believable that he wouldn't notice the difference in length, whereas you obviously would because you're ramming up against and he's I put not, I, it yeah wasn't even happening. Yeah. But I th my guess is that the the compression around the forefoot and ankle would be similar in both. Yeah. Which is why you love those shoes, because you don't need to tie them. You just slip, and away you go. Oh, there he the is. Great the great Previtz. Look at that. It's a beautiful camel. It's a gorgeous camel. Yeah. And Ash Wednesday is ready to yeah, go. Yeah, he is ready to go. Look at that. I mean, he's that was a very sophisticated look at a Previtz. Yeah. The camel Previtz. There's not enough camel. There could be too much camel. Mike McCarthy. McCarthy. There, there sometimes isn't enough camel. As soon as you said camel, I went into the Mike McCarthy. Yeah, it's just that's Apex too much camel. camel. So much. It's all camel. You can't be head to toe camel. No. But a camel, like what he's got here, a pea coat, it's a beaut. I, I think it's, um, I think camel is best served in that fashion as a coat. I don't even mind it as a sport jacket. I think it can be pulled uh -huh. very easily. I think it looks lovely. Um, Over I, a navy? Oh, for sure. Sometimes yeah. I'm not crazy about. 
a camel pant, but I do love I do love a coat. I think it really accentuates the greatness in you. Yeah, but it's a have, power play when you have a pant, a coat, a, like a, I think there was a vest underneath, oh a hat. God, it was so much gloves. Yeah, he looked like. You remember, like, Morty Seinfeld was slinging those raincoats? I mean, if, that whole outfit was... I uh, felt like he looked like Boss Hogg if Boss Hogg was in camel <laughs> and not white. Boss Hogg. I mean, that's... He's lived one of the great lives on that show. I mean, what? Oh, yeah. He ran the town. Yeah. He was pretty you know? much unchecked if it weren't for those he was, he was a dang cr- hazard boys. The dang Duke boys that yeah. were out there doing yeah. all the... It was Hazard County. Hazard, right. Yeah. It was, did I tell you, I drove, I drove, we, we went to Atlanta for, I don't remember what it was for, Braves game or something, and to just hang out. Uh, they have good things to do in Atlanta, as you can imagine. I So kind you of, live there. I so really uh, we Googled that that show was shot in some town outside of Atlanta. It wasn't that far out of, out of, the, out of the way. So we went over to this place, some buddies and I were like, let's go, we got to go. I mean, let's go to where they shot Dukes of Hazards. So we go in there and. That sure enough, there's the, the little town square that they would fly the General Lee through and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is that's so great. So we we went to uh, a coffee place. We're like, is there any place that has like Dukes of Hazard, you know, memorabilia yeah, or there's anything a museum. like that? Is there a museum? The guy goes, try Applebee's. <laughs> so went to Applebee's, and there was like one window in the Applebee's that was dedicated to it, and that was it. That's it. That's all they had. I thought you're missing an opportunity. Yeah. This is literally the only one reason anyone's going to drive over here. Yeah, is for the association. Do they still have the like jump setup? No, I no. mean it was it was just literally the town square was there. Okay, that was synonymous with the show. I would like to maybe go off the dirt yeah. ramps and see what you that, can do. That, that's a golden age of television. Basically, anything was just give them a car and go on an adventure. Yeah, Fall Guy, Knight Rider, Dukes of Hazard. Like it's yeah. all just guys adventures go. Even fancy a car pi. Hardcastle and McCormick, Magnum PI. Yeah. It's a ton of them. Why are they remaking Magnum PI? I think I mean, they've already done it, haven't they? I think it's, it's in like syndication like right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's been on for a while. No, there's some new one where the guy's like, I'm Tom Magnum. They're advertising during the Super Bowl. It looked awful. It's not the one that's been airing. So this is the third incarnation of it? Maybe. It felt like it. Because one like of them's been having show. one for, oh, well, maybe there's another run of it. He didn't even own the dang Ferrari. Just sometimes, though, you don't need to reboot things. Tom Buddy. Selleck was perfect. Nobody has any ideas. White men can't We're jump. out of ideas as a society. We're you out of this? ideas. Did you say this or did I read this on Twitter? Hmm. That like, How in the world they didn't cast Mac McClung and White Man Can't Jump? I didn't say it. I wish I did. Me if too. Could act yeah, I saw it in any like, way. That was a good tweet. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Why would they not have done yeah. that? Yeah. Probably the biggest flaw of the original, and there aren't many, it's a great, great film, is that Snipes is a terrible basketball player. And it's obvious pretty quickly that he's a terrible basketball player. Yeah, but he is clearly – he seems like a, an elite athlete. Like he is in tremendous it's the difference, I think, condition. Between, I think it's the difference between being in shape and being an athlete. It's not it's – not He's like, not a ball sport player, I would say. I don't know that there's a ton of coordination. I think he's incredibly fit, strong, fast, sure. Yeah. But in terms of like – like do, do I think like he hit – as Billy May, uh, Willie Mays Hayes, do I think he actually could hit the baseball? My hunch would be no. Probably not. But I think he can run in a straight line fast. Definitely. And that's two very different types of athletes. Agreed. I do think, though, you it was passable as opposed to some of those football ones where you see the guy like that famous clip where the guy is supposed to be the star quarterback and had, 
I mean, it can't, th- yeah, it can't throw football at all. Yeah. The so, worst one of those that actually made it onto the big screen, or in this case, the small screen, was Danny McBride as Kenny Powers. The they, they gets better as the as Kenny Powers goes on. First season, Kenny Powers when he's doing the pitching contest at, at Ashley Schaefer BMW. Yeah, it doesn't look with good. Reg Mackworthy. Oh man, does not go well. That clip just came up on my uh, does my not Instagram well. feed the other day. I was dying laughing. They're br- they're running it back. Why not? Why not? There's got to be more adventures. There's more advent. There's endless. Ad- Get me Stevie Janowski back. Yeah. Serving things, Speaking getting things of, done. What a human. Yeah. What an incredible human. The loyalty. Our old Stevie. Legend. He's thriving. He's out. Where is he? North Dakota, North South Dakota? Dakota? Yeah, but he's about to go. I think he's about to move up. I like into it. Into a bigger market. Help that kid anything he needs. Absolutely. This is, um, we have a couple of things here uh, from a coaching update standpoint. We spent some time on this yesterday. Uh, we're scheduled to interview coach, special team coach Bubba Ventrone today for the special teams coordinator job. Um, and the Giants assistant special teams coach Anthony Blevins scheduled to interview with the Browns today via Zoom, according to Josina Anderson. So one of you them's here. Bewildered. One of them's here, and the other one's, one's getting not. a Zoom interview. Yeah. I feel like I'd want to be the person that was here. I'd want to be the one in the building. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's a win. Yeah. Speaking of, we had watched The Bachelor last night, and he got COVID. And so he had to do he had to do a cocktail party and then a rose ceremony over Zoom. And it was so brutal. And Why it, didn't they just wait two weeks? The best. Hold on. This Ten is days. The, this like, is just sit it one. out. The women were acting as though, like, he was battling – like oh, they played it up the most. See, to some people, COVID is serious. So I'm not downplaying COVID, yeah. but like he, he, is, he did plague. not have a pre-existing condition that made him susceptible to sure. a significantly bad outcome. But they were acting like he was overcoming some. <laughs> it was heroic that he was even able to zoom, and he used the line, and we counted because Kayla and I were getting kicked. Miss Kay and I were getting a kick out of it. He told. 100%, every single one, I think it was 12 girls, every single one of them, that he can't wait to get get out and he's going to give them the biggest hug ever. That was his, like, go-to. That's I the, just can't wait to give you the, the biggest, biggest hug, hug ever. ever. Okay. By definition. I'd pass. Well, first of all, so would I. By definition, there can only be one biggest hug. Well, fact. I mean, there's a lot of problems. So you statement. can't you yeah. can't give everybody. Not everybody can get the biggest hug ever. There's no. only one that will be one the will biggest. One will get it. Yes. Yep. But also, what if they're comparing notes? Oh, well, he told me he was going to give me the biggest hug ever. I'm feeling great about myself. Well, he told me that, too. Oh, well, yeah, right. And then do we have longer? Yeah. How long was your embrace? Six and a half seconds. Oh, 7.5. Yeah, seven. No big deal. Nothing to see here. By the way, how about our – how about one person might even say he hugged me for infinity seconds twice. It's that's my that's that like unbelievable that one literally made he's me gone look. so far yeah just it's keep going so far keep, keep going. going how far can you reach <laughs> it's just sensational I've never been wrong except for the one time i thought i might be wrong <laughs> i was dying laughing it's an unbelievable run right now a, he's he is my snl he is yeah. my he's, he's my comedy central the um miracle on ice was 43 years ago today wow um, we talked about that with McClung with the genuine sports shock surprise thing. Uh, there's about a billion layers to the miracle on ice. The things that I think are most interesting about it is it kind of birthed Al Michaels and allowed for him to be the voice of sports in this country or one of them, one of the four or five voices in sports over the last 40 years. 
uh, do you believe in miracles? It's one of those things. You got to tie. We, we have talked to him. He was right here. He was right Syria. here. Lived yeah. it. Um, it, it's one of those things, much like the um, like the parade when the Cavs won, where everybody says they were there. Everybody says they watched the Miracle on Ice. If you're of a certain age, you and I were too young. See, um, I didn't. We didn't. But nobody did live because it was tape delayed. So yeah. nobody saw it live, right. even though people claim that they did. Uh, I think the movie gave it second life. But back then you could get away with no spoilers because there weren't yeah. like. I wonder, you yeah. probably heard about it on the radio and were like, oh, this is on tonight. I'm guessing that's how it I worked. I think back then they probably were under. It, it felt like there weren't spoilers about sports, whether it be on the radio or news. They would just be like, it's airing in prime time and you're going to yeah. watch it. Well, but it, the thing that's crazy about it was it would have been able to be live if they wanted to because it was in Lake Placid, New York. So they, it just yeah. must have been played in the afternoon, and they just tape delayed it. I feel like you would have set that up yeah. live for sure. Same thing with the the Lakers' first championship with Magic when he started at center his rookie year. That was tape delayed too. Could it's you hard. imagine? No, it's crazy to wrap your head around it. But it did get me thinking: like, what is the biggest upset in the NFL? Is it still Namath? Is it the Patriots the first time against the Rams? Is it Eli beating the undefeated beating the undefeated Patriots? Pats? Almost feels like the NFL's impervious to upset yeah, because of the road. Have like college, right? Where like Michigan loses to what was it like Middle Tennessee State. State or Appalachian State? But that is even so, that was at the beginning of the year. Like college football really has no upsets in terms of shocking when it gets to the final. Like no. people around here will say like O two Ohio State against Miami or fourteen Ohio State against Alabama. But in retrospect, you looked at those teams. The, those teams had were loaded with NFL players. It was Ohio State. You can't be that. That doesn't define Cinderella. Yeah. You can do it in individual sports, like Buster Douglas over Mike Tyson. Boise, like that Oklahoma? That is that type of thing. Um, Buster Douglas is Buster Douglas was is the biggest of my youth. That was sure. one where you saw that the next day in the newspaper, yeah. and that's how I saw it, and it was that's impossible. That That's like Darth Vader getting taken out by a stormtrooper. Yes. Like, doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Nobody was touching Tyson at that time. There was no way no, he was, to ever project it. He was unbeatable. There were a couple of there's a couple of Olympic ones. You remember Rulon Gardner? Do you remember that guy? Was a wrestler? Yeah. yeah. Who beat Alexander Karelin, the Russian yeah. wrestler who hadn't lost in thirteen years and was a three time Olympic champion, and Gardner beat him in the gold medal match. Yeah. So there's a few of those out there, but not much. No. Like seismic. The NBA it's almost impossible because you know, it's best of seven. Well, you've had like eight seeds knock out one seeds. But never for like the title. Right. Uh-huh. And of course this wasn't for the title either. Who's the biggest Cinderella to ever win the NCAA, to ever win March Madness? I mean, there's some eight seeds that have won, like Connecticut won as an eight seed. Yeah, but, but it's still Connecticut. It's probably yeah. their third national title by the time they Who won it. Who did they have on that team? Was that like? Oh, that little guard that LeBron wanted. And they uh, ended up drafting Kemba him in the Walker. first round. No, uh-uh. They drafted him in the first round with Miami, and he never ended up being much. Kevin Ollie was the coach. I mean, like UMBC beat Virginia 16 beat a one, and then the next year Virginia won the national title. Santa Clara, Stephen Ash beating Arizona is the first time it was a big one. Beat a two. Yeah, there's there are some of those. Like Chaminade beat Virginia. Like there's some huge upsets in the NCAA tournament. I mean, for Connecticut in 2014 to be considered an upset, what you say it was an eight seed or whatever. There was they still won the national title 2011. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's still like, Connecticut. Yeah, like right. it's not. I think. I mean, like George Mason reached a Final Four. Right. So there's some of that, that's, yeah. but that's in terms of winning it. Usually, usually it stops well short of that. Shabazz Napier. That's it. They had Ryan Boatwright, Shabazz Napier, Niels Giffey, 
DeAndre Daniels and Philip Nolan, and they beat a Kentucky team that was led by Julius Randle, James Young, the Harrison Twins, yeah. and Dakari Johnson. Yeah. Julius Randle's really the only one of those people that did anything in the NBA. Yeah. Wow. Like Kentucky lost in the final four to when they were undefeated to Wisconsin with Comiskey and uh, those guys. We had the Harrison twins. Devin Booker didn't even start on that team. Uh, what about uh, Valvano? NC State. Valvano's the best for the title. You're right. And they beat Georgetown. They were like a six or seven seed that year when they yeah. beat Georgetown in 85, 84. They had eight, some. 84. They had yeah. some legit. They had a legit guy. Lorenzo in Charles yeah. was on that team for them. Yeah, they they had a few dudes. But that, that's why, honestly, the bigger one is probably might be Villanova. Villanova beat Georgetown. I'm sorry, Villanova. NC State beat Houston. Villanova beat, beat Georgetown. Georgetown. They 80, shot sixty some percent from the field. Eighty five. Yes, they beat uh, with Patrick Ewing. Is that an? Is that an? It's eighty three. NC Pickney? State. Olden Polonies. Yes, yeah, Ed. P I don't know about Polonies, but Pinkney's on that yeah, team for sure. One, okay. Yeah, and they shot like sixty percent yeah. in the final. Georgetown was, you know, had played for the national title before and was was right there. So. Um, there's a couple of them out there that are, that are pretty shocking, but it's hard to find one. Raleigh Massimino. Oh yeah, great name he had. Yeah, very good, very very good. Ed Pickney, Harold Presley, Harold Presley, and so Dwayne, they had pros. Dwayne McLean. Yeah, yeah, they had a guard who shot lights out in that game. Too. Yeah. So some of my first memories of college hoops. Yeah, Ed Pickney. That's right. Where did Olden Polonese go? Why did his name pop into my mind? I don't know. Maybe they played on the same pro team at some point. You, you lumped them. Yeah. Case. All right. Awesome. Lots to get to. Um, T-shirts under jerseys. Oh, yeah. That year. Because of hewing and the back knee. Yeah. They, he is that what it was for? Or was yeah. that just the rumor that he didn't like that part? That's why he wore the yeah, sleeves? Yeah, so much back knee. Huh. It, I always thought that they were – that it helped with, like, the sweat, too. Like, people would wear that. I was a – I would do a – I did a sleeveless underneath a jersey my senior year. No T-shirt. I think I went pure – yeah. Kids are wearing all sorts of stuff now. now Leg yeah, sleeves, now arm got, right. sleeves. Miz, I go to ask Mike why you had that arm sleeve. He's like, it looks cool, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> he he should have done the one leg sleeve. Yeah. He did he only did the one arm on his shooting yeah. arm. Like gotta keep the elbow. Keep the elbow warm. But I wouldn't like I like my I like to have a pure unencumbered. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we are pure release. Next week we will be at the combine. There's a lot of rumors out there in terms of what could be happening in the next week in the oh, National baby. Football League. We'll have some fun with that. We'll get Z's. What are we doing? Eight and seven on your list of the biggest needs for this fine organization. Uh, we'll build our all AFC North, all NFC North roster. We're doing an all NFC North roster. We have that to look forward to, which is nice. Then we're going to do the whole league. Then we're going to do the, the conferences. League. And then we're going to do yeah. our all ultimate right. team. Ultimate team. So yeah. We're all building towards that. We're off and running. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. For a team of injured lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. NFL news here in the last hour or so. Taylor Lewan released for the Tennessee Titans. You're good. You were, now you're good. Released as well as Robert Woods from the Tennessee Titans as well. So, so a they're little, going a little house clean. They're, they were the oldest offense over. in the league. Yeah, start over. And they gave away 
their best, best player. player. Well, well, not Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, player, but yeah. you might argue, I'd argue that A.J. Brown is more important in today's NFL than Derrick Henry is. I don't care how many rushing titles he wins. Agreed. Probably not more important to the way they're built, but, but more they're not built overall. to win a Super Bowl. They're, no, they're not. They're built to be. I, but you think good. about it, like, see, I think a lot of teams are in an interesting spot because I mean, it kind of goes into the car conversation we were having yesterday. Like, how many teams can you really sit there and say they're built to win a Super Bowl? Like, I feel like it's more finite than ever because of the quarterback situation in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're at a short list. All right. Teams that are truly built to win a Super Bowl? Like, right now, ready-made. Um, all right. In the AFC, I feel like I have six off the top of my head. Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Chargers, us, Jacksonville. Who am I missing? Us would take a Watson from two years ago. Like that. Elite. I'm not here for your negativity. I'm not giving negativity. I'm just saying, like, you need... I'm projecting Trevor be... Lawrence stepping forward and being what we thought he would be. We've already seen Deshaun Watson be it in the NFL. That's true. Am I missing somebody else? Let's see. In the no Raiders, no, Denver. I think you would – the only – No. I think if you want to put, put us in this – I think we're in a similar spot with – like is it that far of a reach to say that Denver with a right Russ wouldn't be similar to we to where we are? I think we're better than them, but yeah, Okay. So you could add Denver. That's seven in the NFC. I think the two that are tr- the the two variable ones are like Miami because of Tua and the injury. You know, I mean, it's just the facts. I mean, he they didn't lose with him. It's no. like they're built the right way. It's just yeah. Is he healthy? And they've got Tyree Kill and, and got, Waddle. Right, right. And the NFC is there even anybody right now other than Philly? Philly, yeah. Everything else is a projection. I mean, Dallas isn't there. I mean, the Niners, you would say, just because they're always right there, but I don't know that they have a franchise quarterback. I mean, that just it's just mostly about Kyle and his situation. They got a nice rock. They got a, you take quarterback out of it, they probably have the best roster. There's nobody in the, in the NFC South today. No. There is in the NFC North today, nobody. Nobody. I mean, Green Bay, they just – haven't been able to get it done Rodgers feels like he's not the same guy that and he, he might was. be cooked east west I mean it's amazing that the Rams are not even in the conversation Seattle if Seattle gets a quarterback of significance I know Geno Smith went to the Pro Bowl this year but it feels like if you dropped one of the franchisee love, guys in there I, I I said this I can't remember if you were off or not they are a team along with Detroit and I like Goff I know you like him a lot those two teams have the draft capital to go to one if they loved a guy. Yeah. Like if Seattle loved Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Will Levis or whomever, if they loved one of them and believed he was a dude, they could go right to the top. Oh, yeah. And put them on a ready-made roster. Yeah. To yeah. go now. Like that could be a quick flip. Yeah. If that's why I, I put them there. By the way, speaking of, did you see Arizona? Did you see the – the videos no oh you haven't seen gannon go around and meet oh, people yeah. awkward it was, but it's a tough situation i'm taking a be, yeah it is sirianni I'm, was awkward i'm going to as well. i was gonna say i'm gonna reserve the right to judge on that based on my sirianni they blew it boy 
I didn't say that, but it was a really awkward presser that he had, and yeah. then he's been a tremendous leader. Yeah. So a lot of different ways to do it. Sometimes it's just awkward. I think in general, like if you're Arizona, because that was all put out by them, right? Yeah. Why would you? Why wouldn't you be like, oh, maybe this? Maybe they don't need to put this out. Yeah, I don't know. But he considers, or he said at least right there, that Kyler he's got his franchise quarterback. I wouldn't put Arizona no anywhere way. near. They have a huge mess. Yeah, a huge mess. Drew Patson's gonna have his hands full. Yeah, yes. With that operation. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's not even that many. so though. You've got We're reaching on some of the AFC teams. I think in terms of ready made right you're... now, lock stock. I think there's only, for me there's only four teams right now that if they won the Super Bowl is currently constructed without any other additions. Run it back. Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Chargers. That's where I would cut it off. As and Philly, those five. Like run it back. We've got to get better at things. You're going to get to it. I mean, Seven and eight. Jacksonville. I think it's getting close. Calvin Ridley just dropped onto their team. I think Jacksonville would be my fifth team in the AFC. I agree. I that's would have I put them, them there. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're right there. No it, doubt. They're they are. We have our things are very fixable and things that we can certainly get done. But it's you got to go do them. Whereas those, like to me, we can't win a Super Bowl with a guy who could stretch the defense. Right now, we don't have that. So Jacksonville, L.A., Cincinnati, Buffalo, Kansas City—they have everything needed. Philly has everything needed. So it brings it back to the Tennessee conversation, where you're like, so what's satisfactory? Do you want to be an organization that's relevant, that makes the playoffs, wins your division? Like, do you hang you hang banners for that? That stuff matters. Sure. Or is it go in the Super Bowl or what the hell are we doing, man? I think it's I'm with you. Yeah. That it's I'm you and I view this the same way. I wonder like how people in Minnesota view the last six years. I think they've been in the mix. I think they've enjoyed it. I don't know that any at any point were they ever like a Super Bowl contender. Didn't this year like they it. probably felt like they were, even though they were they were not. But that's could a team a that if they tire. can address their defense a little bit, they could they could be there. I mean, in it's that so NFC, sparse in that NFC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, know how we there's going there, to be a lot of yeah. well, we got there because of the Tennessee question. Yeah, right. because it feels like they're finally saying, okay, this ain't it. No, it's not, and and I think it begs like, what do they look like? What does that division look like? Now, Houston's a team that is not ready made today, but has the assets to get very good very quickly. They obviously oh, dude. took themselves out of the first pick, but they have a chance, I think, to get good quickly. I think. Of the jobs that were open, that might have been the best. It was, it was appealing. Carolina, Frank Reich can get himself a quarterback. You've got a defense. That could be an appealing job, too. Because that division is right now chaotic at best. Yeah. 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 That one, for sure. I mean, Jacksonville's ready. That's only part, part of Houston. That's why Houston, you yeah. you have, I think, a, a looming juggernaut in the yes. Jags. Yeah. Everybody else, it's it's absolutely wide open. Um, all right, uh, we we did not have Baltimore on that list. By the way, we had them kind of off. Not I have them in that off. second. They don't have enough weapons. No, I do think they'll be. Unfortunately for us, I think they'll be very, much better offensively with Todd, provided Lamar comes back. But they need weapons for for him as well. Right now, at receiver, they've missed on a lot. Tom Pelissero of NFL Network broke down the franchise tag options in res, in uh, regard to Lamar Jackson. Let's have a listen. All options remain on the table for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, who have been trying to get a long-term deal done for over a year now. There are two different types of franchise tags, and which one the Ravens would ultimately apply 
may give you a window in what direction they anticipate this going. The first one is the exclusive franchise tag, which would prevent Jackson from negotiating with any other team. That would also give the Ravens the ability to potentially shop and figure out what type of trade market there is for Lamar Jackson, although he would have veto power over any trade because he would need to sign that franchise tender to facilitate a deal. The other option is the non-exclusive franchise tag, which would allow Jackson to negotiate with other teams. That took to go a couple of different directions here. If Lamar would end up signing an offer sheet with a different team, the Ravens could match it, basically having let some other team do their dirty work and getting a deal done with Jackson. Or if they did not match it, then they could let him go for two first-round picks. March 7th is the deadline for applying that tag, as you mentioned. I would anticipate, and they certainly plan to apply that tag if there's no breakthrough in the negotiations. But what that means moving forward at that point would be both in the Ravens and in Lamar's hands. I think he stays there. I think they sort it out. Is Pelissero's ascension from covering the Vikings to what he does now one of the more incredible kind of ascensions? I mean, Schefter went from covering the Broncos to becoming Adam Schefter. Yeah. But I mean, Wendy went from writing high school basketball at the Akron Beacon Journal but that's, with LeBron. That's like because that's a, of the association with yeah. LeBron. And then he's great at it. There's but no I mean, association. Pelissero, nobody came out of Minnesota, and they're like, oh, my goodness, we've Pelissero yeah, it's knows interesting. Him. Like, that, that, that whole business of NFL information guy, because Shefty was at NFL Network. Uh-huh. At, he was at the Denver Post, I'm pretty yeah, sure, Denver. and then went to – I know he's in Denver. I couldn't remember if it was the Post yeah. or the Rocky Mountain News. Then went to NFL Network and then NFL – and NFL already had Clayton and Mortensen on that, and they and then the professor they put out to pasture, and then they had more, but more got sick, and so Shefty with ESPN, yeah, elevated with ESPN like crazy. Yeah, um, I don't like I don't know where Ian Rappaport, where'd he come from? I don't know, but it feels to me like I only know Tom, I guess, as an NFL Network guy. I don't know him as a Vikings guy. Oh yeah, he was like, and I'm when you say it's in like the last five years, I'd say he's even past Rappaport. He had, no Rappaport is their Schefter. Yeah, they still, but Rappaport's got himself in trouble a couple mm-hmm. times for some of his reporting, and Pelissero's ability to navigate slightly. the whole the con, he's really good at the contract stuff mm-hmm. and digging in and union things and kind of like the the bigger fine print legal documents mm-hmm. he's really good at navigating yeah, but now he's involved in a lot i feel like he is involved in a lot i feel like it's rapaport and him and they're kind of one one a yeah if like he's a if yeah. there's a big game pelissero's there yeah that's true yeah I'm sometimes all you need is an opportunity he was that's right uh pelissero in 2013 began covering the nfl for usa today hmm. okay um he joined NFL Network in July 2017. Yes, that's yeah. So see, year before I started doing this, which is when so I he was I, already my yeah. view of the NFL changed, changed once sure, I started doing sure. this. So he was already so he was already there at that point. Yeah, nice dude. Always a good dude. Yeah, very nice. Um, around the NFL landscape, 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy postponing his UCL repair surgery to March due to inflammation. That's noteworthy. Uh, the commies are virtually certain to take franchise defensive tackle Deron Payne. We've mentioned him before. Um, the, the more that we get into this, the more I think D tackle is going to be piecing it together. Yeah, I think that's what you're going to have to do for now. And you're going to have to bank on Jim Schwartz 
taking two pretty good balls of clay, one in Jordan Elliott and one in Perion Winfrey and getting the most out of them while you piece together some guys around them. I mean, I think that's what it's going to be. You know, it's kind of been under the radar. Jeff Howard left to go join the Chargers, but Chris Kiffin, you know, we haven't seen anybody really elevate in that D-line room. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that they're certainly going to be looking for. I, I think that's a, an important hire, and I think that will be – yeah. we'll see how that goes. You see what Bill Callahan does for the offensive line. We need to find – and Bill Callahan's are very, very few and far yeah, between. one Right, but finding somebody that is of that ilk for the defensive line. Raiders general manager Dave Ziegler says the team might not have an immediate answer at quarterback during a recent episode of Bussin' with the Boys podcast. Um, well, no. they. Yeah, I mean, I think they're fine with that. Either they, if they land Rodgers, which you've seen that mocked a ton, or they just hang out in the draft and go on the slow build. Yeah. They got all the time in the world. Mark Allen's not paying all these guys. No. You know? He looks Mark great. Davis, Mark rather. Davis with the yeah. chrome dome looks great. Yeah. It's the only way to go. Yeah. Only way to go. Um, so were you, did you and I discuss that? Or were you off for that one? When, he when that was head? first unveiled? I was not here. Okay. It's great. So, I don't think he shaved it. I think he was wearing a piece the whole time. Full piece, whole time. Why? It's an awful piece. It's an awful piece. Why would you get a better piece? When you look closely at that, that is a dome that does not have follicles coming out of it. I haven't zabrooded it. Yeah, I have. So I think it's... It also felt like a dome that was not as pointy as his as the, as the piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, somebody said, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, stop. He said, okay. It's great. Yeah, it was good. He's so much better. Looks like a different human. Normal human. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, the Prince Valiant. Yeah, that's what he's rolling with. Oh my God, it was just awful. Yeah, really I can imagine things sitting that sitting that. Pedro his, read the Prince Valiant. His bedside. I don't know. Feels like it would be in his. Be in his. Did he have all the knights and all that? Oh, he loves yeah. knights. Love, loves that. Yeah, medieval times. Um, around the sports world, NBA All Star Game drew 4.6 million on TNT TBS, down 27 percent. Uh, easily the least watched all-star game on record. The prior low was 5.9 in 2021. Look, they didn't try. It took an hour to get the game going. They drafted, and then there were concerts. I mean, it was a really tough watch. Really tough watch. And it was a farce of a game. That's what I mean. Nobody tried. Everybody knows kind of what to expect out of it now, where everybody gets 50 and they try to score 190. Nobody. Play- it's not a game. There were a there are exhibition. two things that came out of all-star weekend. Mac McGlung and the Miz. That's it. That's it. Yeah, it was all done. All downhill after that. The funny thing about them is, though, the NBA, it would be very simple for that game to be cool again. They, they, it used to be. They used to try. There was pride on conferences. Play, Play hard. That's all you got to do. Best players in the world playing against each other. Who's the alpha males in the last eight minutes? I mean, all you got to do is try, and they just they have it. Like it so. meant something to be the all-star game MVP. Yeah, it meant a lot to win it. I yeah. mean, it was a big deal. East versus West mattered. I mean, there was real juice to that. Should they add? Should they make it be for home seed in the NBA Finals? It's going to take somebody like – it's going to take a force of personality. Like LeBron would have had an ability to do this. It would, it's going to take somebody like him to say – you know, because Kobe did this. Like, they tried he, – he, there's a video of him going around saying, you know, like CP3 and I, we never lost an all-star game. Like, he kept track. Like, when it came time to go, they went. So you need your best players you think to be are, like, this matters to me. If they, There's a few too many. Get, like, Shea Gilgis-Alexander had this ridiculous quote going around where he was like, well, if you pay us, we'll play. It's like, dude, you are paid. You are compensated. Who the hell are you? Why don't they make it for the home court in the finals? Maybe that would matter to people. 
I would. But think then it I think matter. you got to go back to East West. Yeah, it's got to right be East West drafting. No, East West. East West, and, and it's for way. home court in the finals. That's fine. I don't know. You'll get people trying MLB to win that. that. You would think. You'd think that you'd get people trying. Yeah. Uh, but some of it was the presentation too. Like it took forever to start this stinking thing. Yeah. Here's the reality: there are only everybody else is grasping at straws. You see what baseball doing? Bigger bases. They're you know guys start at second base in extra innings, no shift. Everybody's desperate to try anything to appease the television audience because the ratings are slipping in everything except the NFL and college football. They're impervious. Everything they else is off. I saw some article that they're talking about making some changes in college football. They're just to make the game go faster. But some but of them the are great. Some of them would well, reduce the ability to make comebacks, wouldn't it? Yeah. They're, it's one of it. The big one that I think is most logical is they'll go to the NFL model where a complete, a first down the clock runs. So right now in college football, you get a first down the clock stops. No, I know. That's how you can it's get huge. up and down the field. Yeah. So in the time talking outs. about going to an NFL model where That's, the clock runs. I think I never thought it that. made sense for. The clock yeah. to Here's stop the, on I think downs. some people think, oh, good, because I'm sick of watching Ohio State Rutgers that last four and a half hours. The game's still going to last four and a half hours. They're just going to add more commercials. More money. That's all it is. Tails wagging the dog, man, on that thing. Speaking of that, the pride of your youth, the Pac-12 Conference, uh, potentially could be going with Apple TV Plus as its exclusive distribution partner. I will say this. If they do this, they're no longer a Power 5. It's over. You're done. They will be in a closet playing games. They're not going to be a Power Five conference anymore if they do that. They aren't. They're barely. They've been pillaged. Hanging on by a thread. And you creds won't take Arizona. Come on. So it sounds. What's happening is, is the four corner schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, are being pursued doggedly by the Big Twelve. Okay. And the the problem is, is the other six Pac-12 schools have no homes. So the two Oregon's, two Washingtons, and the two Bay Area, Bay Area schools have no no nobody wants them. Nobody wants Cal and Sanford. Mm -mm. And nobody wants Oregon with Nike? Mm -mm. That seems wild to me. Yeah. Are they nobody just no good anymore? No, they're good. I, I just They don't add anything from a TV revenue. So they don't generate revenue TV. There's not a big Stanford enough Stanford feels like a school that should be in like the Big Ten. Sure. And I think there's academics in the Big Ten that would like it. But the, the television networks and the executives that are driving the sport right now, they don't add anything from an eyeball standpoint. And the voting members of the Big Ten are saying, why are we going to split our piece of the pie less for somebody who will not enhance the amount of money we get. So that's why they've stead. Arizona is money. Write that down. Write that down. All right. Um, all right. Coming up. What do we got here? Oh, t best fits. Free agents. We'll tell you who ESPN has as our best fit coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. There's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns. The help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbones, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. Oh. You're up. Yep. Yep. 
2023 NFL free agency. Best team fits for top 50 available players. Um, we are number 11 on this for best fits for players. With Jesse Bates, the safety out of Cincinnati, um, coming in as he's that deep center fielder free safety. Yeah, he is that type of a player. 14 career interceptions in uh, five pro seasons, four interceptions last year. He's in line for a long-term deal. He is a, that true free safety that you would want, a guy who can play split field or he can play that single high center fielder for you. And we, you know, Jim Schwartz plays a lot more single high than what we saw uh, under Joe Woods. So he's somebody that makes a lot of sense. It's been linked here. That would require, without question, uh, that would require the release of John Johnson. Um, and we'll see if that's what they, if that's the direction that the Browns ultimately end up going. But that's one that's been linked quite a bit um, to the Browns. So we'll see how that ultimately plays out. You know, some other safeties, there are a lot of them. Devin McCourty is in the last year of his deal. He will be a free agent. Jordan Poyer, former Brown, would love to see him come back home. Uh, he could, he certainly could play that role for the Cleveland Browns. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. There are a lot of good safeties in this in this free agent class, uh, and how that all shakes out will be, and what direction the Browns decide to go, I think will be very, very interesting. And and listen, it never hurts if you're able to take somebody from your opponent and put them, you know, a division rival and put them on your team. That's always that's always a nice thing. But that's the and that's the only one, by the way of the top 50 that is linked to the Browns. Yeah, I think Cincinnati has three linked to them, including retaining their own in Von Bell. Um, but, yeah, just the one. in. And I think this is a – we talked about this, touched on this a little bit yesterday. Um, we have a lot of money allocated. Yep. You know, we're having – we're paying our guys. Our guys are on their second contracts, and we're paying those contracts. Um, you know, Cincinnati is not there yet. That's how they can be this active in free agency. They're not having to pay Burrow yet, although ex expectation is they have a deal with him before the new league year is kind of what everybody you talk to down there seems to think um, in terms of a long mega extension. Sure. But they don't have to do T. Higgins. They don't have to do Jamar Chase. They can kind of run all those guys back as is if they choose to, and they can still be very aggressive on the defensive side of the ball, which they might need to do. They've got some positions that they need to – kind of shore up a little bit on that side as they have some some movement potentially there, including with Bates, but they're preparing for him. They drafted Dax Hill um, out of Michigan last year for that role, and I think they feel comfortable with him. We will have to be judicious. Yeah. Yes, and we will. decide where that money is going to be spent. Weigh the idea of do we spend for this position need in free agency or do we hope we can get it in the draft? Wait, We haven't gotten into this yet. We'll get a better feel for it next week. Like, are there burners – that are day two guys at receiver in this draft. There's not much of a free agent receiver core no, to choose from. It's pretty no. thin. McCole Hardman is probably the guy that would make the most sense for yeah. the Browns. It was very productive for, you know, really every year that he's been in Kansas City. This year he had six touchdowns, I think, in seven games before he suffered that injury. Just had surgery, represented by the agent to the start, by the way. Oh, nice. And uh, he's somebody that I think would make a lot of sense for the Browns in terms of what he gives you vertically and horizontally with speed and creating space. So he's a name to keep an eye on. But there isn't, you know, like that that number one guy. I still am of the opinion. Me. Yep. Nathan Zagura. And I know he hasn't played in a while, but, like, if you brought in a McCole Hardman in free agency, I'm also bringing in Will Fuller. Because he's Agreed. on the street, and he and Deshaun have a great chemistry and connection. You can't go back and watch Houston Texans tape without seeing 
Deshaun Watson making big plays to Will Fuller. And I have no idea what where he's at, if he's even going to stay healthy. But even if he got a half a season out of a guy like Will Fuller and it helped Deshaun, why not? I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more. After watching the Super Bowl, I'm like, give me weapons. Sure. Not one, two. Give me them. As many as are available. Get and it done. You got to have them. Listen, the Chiefs are not Super Bowl champions, and they paid $10 million a year for Marquez Valdez-Scanling, but Marquez Valdez-Scanling is a guy that is big and has speed. And in the game against the Bengals, when every other receiver on the team got hurt, he kind of carried them through the air. I just – what could it hurt? If, if Will Fuller is not what he used to be, then he doesn't make your team. But if Will Fuller is, he can also kind of help, I think, guys in the room talk, understand – you know, what Deshaun likes. This is how, you know, we played together. I just think there's a lot of value in that, and that's a total roll of the dice, but it feels like it's a no-risk roll of the dice. Yes. He wasn't in the league last year. Correct. So he's not going to be expensive. Oh, I yeah. I, I think exhaust all options at yes. weapons, yes. whatever that is. Draft, free agency, and guys if, on the street, trade, anything that comes available where you can buoy that, do it. And if Anthony Schwartz surprises us, great. But you have to go in there with no expectations whatsoever. Like, you cannot count on Anthony Schwartz being a part of your passing game. No. I, I Yeah, I mean, I think you're probably, you know, you're you're probably at the point with him where, like, he's going to have, like, it's up to, it's the onus is on him to make the team. I mean, it's been yeah three years. So, it's, you know. So, yeah, I don't think you can count on it at all. I, and I think you need a big improvement there on that side. And there's there's ways to do it, but it's not as straightforward as it has been. I mean, you think about the year we acquired, we got Jack Conklin or, um, you know, any of those type of deals it's that have been Conklin, done. Conklin, Hooper, like, and uh, John right. Johnson. It was like wish list. Boom, Tackle, boom, boom. tight end, safety. Boom, boom, boom. Nailed them. It's not going to be that way this year. It's going to be very different. You have to be very – very judicious and strategic with how you try and fill. We got to restructure some things, and and then we'll have a little bit more, you know, swing at the plate there. But that's always restructuring is still just kicking it down the line. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, you do have to pay the bill. Yeah. It, it now will the good news to. is the salary cap. It feels like is going to keep going up and up and up and up rapidly. Yes, no end in sight to that. Uh, coming up in the second hour of the program, we continue our countdown of the pen, ten biggest needs for the Browns this off season. We get to number eight. And number seven on that will build our all AFC NFC North rather roster as well. You have that to look forward to, which is nice. You'll stick Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Second hour here, Cleveland Browns Daily on a first Friday. Renew home, renew your home for the last time, rather, with Renew Home Exteriors, siding and roofing products. They're there for you. Don't spend all day with high-pressure sales, guys. The team at Renew Exteriors won't waste your day with hours of negotiating the price of your project. It's just a simple, upfront, fair price 
They're going to make your project very easy for you. Modernize your home with premium siding, ranging in every style and color. Renew Home Exterior, superior products, superior service. Visit RenewEstimate.com for more. As we continue our list, Z's list, of ranking the top 10 biggest needs for the Browns this offseason, uh, let's review and go through 10 and 9, and then today we will get to 8 and 7, Dr. Z. All right, You're not on. All right, number ten. Yeah, see how fun was that? It's fun. Yeah, you can if you want. You can do it sometimes. I can do it yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Number ten was a true slot corner. We've got three great corners. They are mostly outside corners. Greg Newsom, yes, can play in the slot. He has expressed a desire not to play in the slot. I don't know where that leaves us in that room, but we will, I'm sure, get that all sorted out. But I think still having a true one, even for depth purposes, is important. And then a true center field free safety. We talked Jesse Bates. You know, Epps, who played in Philly last year, was a played very well. 94 tackles for them, was was in the mix as, as a safety. He's somebody that perhaps Jim Schwartz obviously would know uh, from his time there. So that's another name I would bandy about. So those are where we started in the defensive backfield. Today I got two more for you, and, and they're both going to be, believe it or not, on the offensive line. I like it. Let's go. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Step forward by Jed Wills. You're the 10th pick in the draft, brother. Like, it's now or never. There he goes. Look at him. There he goes. There he goes. Oh, yeah. Just thriving. Um, Always. I think that that is, I think else. That is a big, big deal. I think one of, um, if you think about the excitement around the drafting of Jed Wills, how excited, excited the Hoff was at the drafting of Joe Will, uh, Jed Wills. Yeah. If you think about Jed Wills as a rookie, what we saw over the course of that season and how quickly he made the transition from right to left side. Um, it was something in camp where we didn't know if he'd get there. And then he did. And then there's been a leveling off. And he was drafted to be dominant. And we haven't seen that. And the guy drafted behind him is dominant and Tristan Wirfs. And Andrew Thomas has been great. So he's got all the tools. I suppose it's whether it's priority or whatever, it just needs to manifest. Yeah, it just it's been consistently what I would say is is mediocre. As a rookie in 2020, he played 1,025 snaps. He gave up four sacks and 20 pressures that year. His pass blocking efficiency was 97.7. His pass block grade was a very solid 77.6, which was top 20 among all tackles in the NFL. Overall grade at Pro Football Focus was 62.6. In 21, he was injured, missed some time. His overall grade was better, 66.1, due to an improvement as a run blocker, but his pass blocking decreased a little bit. His efficiency dropped to 96%. He gave up five sacks and 28 pressures and 700 snaps. This year, his grade was 62.9 overall. His run blocking decreased back down to 55. His pass blocking up from last year, but not where it was in his best season, was still under the 70 threshold. Six sacks and a team-high 41 pressures allowed. He also had 10 penalties on the team uh, in the season as well. So it was not a great year for Jed Wills, but it was marred by inconsistency. He could be terrible as he was against Baltimore in Week 7 and then brilliant the following week in Week 8 against the Cincinnati Bengals. He had kind of that back and forth. Doesn't allow a pressure at all against the Chargers. Follows that up the next week against New England and Matt Judon. Six pressures and a sack. It just was not there week in and week out. And that's what's so, I think, frustrating is his best game. You know, Houston, he was terrible in Houston. Five pressures, one of his lowest grade of the season as a pass blocker. But the game before that and the game after that were his two best of the season. 
So it's there. Yeah. Just do it consistently. You've got to do it consistently. You did it against Tampa and Cincinnati, teams that can rush the passer, obviously. But we need it to be more consistent from Jed Wilson. So I think that is a major step. I fully expect the Browns to pick up his fifth-year option. Uh, that's due by, I believe, May 1st. It's up, or some date like that. It's, yeah, it's coming in up. The spring. I feel like they will pick up his option. We need him to be that guy that is in the discussion as being a Pro Bowl tackle. That's yeah. not even been anything that's been bandied about at all. No. And we'd love to see that. You need to. Need to see it. Need to see it. You, yep. The, it's time for some of these draft picks to play to where they were drafted. Yes. And he's at the very, very top of that list. Next is number seven. Number seven. Number seven for me is, and if it can be done at a reasonable price, bring back Ethan Posick. Ethan Posick, former second-round pick, mountain of a man, was phenomenal for the Cleveland Browns. His grade of 79.0, number three among all centers, behind only Creed Humphrey and Jason Kelsey, both of whom would have been pro bowlers had they not been playing in the Super Bowl. That's right. He was excellent. And now you do have... You know, the guy that beat him out last year, Nick Harris, beat him out for that starting job. This is like a five fly-by like five day. five times by. Yeah, five-time day. I don't know if he's, he's got all these. Yeah, made you go for your hair there. Yeah, we, but, well, yeah. I, I wanted to give him what he wanted. I think yeah. he was hoping for a little of that. Yeah. You know, he wanted that. Well, he got it. He got it. So, I mean, Nick Harris beat him out. Was going to be the starter. Suffered the injury down in Jacksonville, but Posick played so, so well. And, and I really think that he is someone that you want to get back on this team. Obviously, you can't spend a ton of money to do it. You already have too much money tied up on the interior of your offensive line. And if somebody's going to offer him big money elsewhere, you're going to have to let him walk. And you count on Bill Callahan. But I would love Posick back, obviously, at the right price uh, for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, it's one of those things where you draft Nick Harris to be you know, the eventual successor to J.C. Treader. He wins that job, and then Posick comes in. And we never got to see Nick even do the job. Yep. Uh, but Posick was so good. Uh, it, was, it, it was just a stunning thing to be, to be able to see it. And, yeah, it's – so you had that higher than Jed, a higher priority than Jed. I mean, to me, these ones, it, it, it really kicks into gear in, in terms of have to ha happen would start with, for me, the next the next two. But it might be – Jed Wills is still a fine starter. Right. Correct. We don't know who would be starting at center without Ethan Posick. I would imagine it would be Nick Harris, but unfortunately he's not proven to be able to – We've never seen him play. We've never seen him. We've Perfect. never seen him. He was thrown into action um, in the COVID year with J.C., right, at Green Bay. Didn't he get thrown into that yeah, game? Yeah, and played well. Yeah. Very well. But we haven't yeah. seen it over the body of season. We haven't seen no. his ability to stay no. healthy for and season. He, the size is real. Sure. The size and is Posick real. Posick is a monster. Nothing no, – no such concerns there. With Ethan Posick. All right, we'll hit six and five coming up tomorrow. Go ahead, Mr. Z. Just comes on the top of my head. We were a top ten offense with Jed Wills playing as Jed Wills did last year and with Jacoby Brissett. And Jed Wills wasn't awful by any stretch of the imagination. No, He's a solid just, starter. You just want just him to be a been... Pro Bowl type player, like a guy who can be a second team all pro at some point in his career. That's what you're hoping for. You know? Let me see where he I was trying to figure out where he graded amongst all tackles last year. Just overall. Of all tackles who played 50% of the snaps last year, Jed Wills was 44th. So that's there are 64 starting tackles. So he's still a, he's an average starting tackle. We want him to be better than that. And I think that that should be the expectation that he is better than that.
That's what he was drafted to be. But it's not like he is – you can't win with him. We were still a top-10 offense with him. You know, a guy that we hear a lot about, Andrew Wiley with Kansas City, who was in the Browns organization. He was 46th, and they won – they just won the Super Bowl and won it. You know, Jonah Williams, 48th with Cincinnati. I mean, it, it's not – the diff, that's not the key to us winning or losing. That's why I think I had Postick above it, is that we can still be an incredibly good offense with Jed Wills. You just would like to be – the guy who was picked 10th overall – You'd like him to be in the conversations for Pro Bowls. That's all. You just and it's just that his class has those guys with Wirfs and Thomas. Yeah. So that's the that's the deal there. Um, all right. Coming up next, ten crazy NFL offseason predictions. Have a little fun with that. Coming up next, you listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, coming soon to Ohio on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons, don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets. What are you doing? Or call 440-891-5050. Get it back up. So I wasn't even on. So what's your problem? I wasn't even on. What are you doing? It's our, it's our thing. What do you do I like here? It. I like it. I like what it. don't I do here? Well, no, you work out a lot. It's fair. I know that. It's fair. What don't you do here? You would say that you could make an argument that he is the only talent. Right, which is not good. That's not good. According to Gibbe. Hurtful, no, sad, hurtful it's not words. Great. It's sad. Hurtful hate, words. Hate to see it. We could do better. <laughs> hate to see it. Oh boy. Not true. Just I the cackling. Cackling of Gibby. Um. All right. I just wanted to look. That's all. so evil. All right. This is fun. CBS Sports. Um. This is a it's our Jordan, boy Jordan. Jordan. Who's he gets so, loose? Yeah. He's been off when, the reservation a few we were, times. When we were putting this together the thought was uh y- you and you and Zagura have talked about this thing or not a sure thing. yeah I right was like i don't know how i made it, it i helped I bring it to both show. play out yeah. i was like you should do that well you could do it on this you could go through all 10 of these things and say would this be a thing or not thing yeah or that's not. what i've done thing, that's why i was like why don't we do that today right. because it's a perfect first friday uh segment. i love it i love it we'll do it right now we do will you want to MC it or do you want us to MC it i can MC it if you want yeah, I think that would be the, the way to do it is you would read it and then we would say if it was a thing or not a thing if it happened. I wish we had like a, a side, like a stick that had on one side said thing, one side said another thing. We had to pull it up and we could like if we were on TV. If we were on yeah, TV. Yeah. Yeah, we could. That'd be good. Yeah, I like okay, it. Baby steps. Let's just see if this segment works. It'll work. Yeah. It's going to work, dude. I have a feeling Thank it's been policy. tested in other markets. Yeah. Allegedly. Uh, this is 10 crazy NFL offseason predictions from some guy named Jordan on CBS. This is our guy. This guy gets loose. Well, boy, does he. Uh, so I, I guess I'll ask thing or not a thing as he counts down the yeah. 10 crazy. Number 10, Jimmy Garoppolo signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bishop, I'll start with you since you birthed this idea. Sure. Thing or not a thing? Um, 
I'm going to say that this is not a thing because if they signed him, they still have a they're still in salary cap jail. They got a lot that has to happen. Now, for Jimmy, it would be I mean it'd be crazy to have him follow Brady. It would be nuts. He would thrive in Tampa, obviously. I mean, anytime I hear Tampa, I just think of Stevie saying, "Tampa." Yeah. He's so excited when Kenny's going to go play for the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> um, I can't say it. How when does that show come soon. back? Like I don't, not soon now? enough. Not soon enough. I'm going to go not a thing. I also had not a thing here. He's not following Brady again. It's going to. It's a sinking ship. It's not a desirable place. You've got Mike Evans. And by the way, what is Mike Evans like? Downfield vertical passing. That's not what Jimmy Garoppolo does. I, I don't even think the fit makes a ton of sense, to be honest with you. I think. Jimmy Garoppolo makes more sense now. They're not. I think they are going to get away, obviously, with Lafleur moving on, get away a little bit from what Kyle was doing uh, with the Jets. But I don't think he makes a ton, a ton of sense with the Buccaneers. So I would no. say not a thing. Number nine in this list: Derek Carr signing with the New York Football Jets. Zagura, thing or not a thing? Thing. Now, if I'm him, I'm going trying to get into the NFC and figure yeah. out what I can do there. But I think that's a thing. They're an excellent defense under Robert Sala. They have weapons out wide. Garrett Wilson, the offensive rookie of the year. They've got Elijah Moore. They're getting Brees Hall back. Who's uh, their new OC? Remember, they good fired. Good question, uh, yeah. They uh, fired Minnie Mini LaFleur. Yeah, yeah, they fired. Why the, would they, what, Like it was his fault. It was not his fault. Yeah, Nathaniel Hackett. Which is why. <laughs> which is well, why we people go. were saying, oh, that, How you know. How did we miss that? I should, I should Who, what that. would you see with what he's done? That, oh, yeah, let's run that back. Maybe he's a good coordinator and not a good head coach. But remember, he wasn't even that. He had to bring in some – it was Kubiak's kid who it, was running the plays. Clint, they had another – Well, they had to get rid Clint of him. Kubiak was yeah. running the plays. That's when they actually they, got better. They had somebody else who was, like, running the – because he couldn't handle, like, in-game situations. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's a thing there for, for Derek Carr. Somehow the Jets find a way to shoot themselves in the foot by bringing in Nathaniel Heck. I think it's a thing as well. I think if they added Derek Carr, they're the second-best team in the AFC East because we just don't know about he uh, to his health. Right. Um, it validates them. It allowed, I think the Jets, with their history, would kill for like a five- to six-year run like the Vikings have had with the yeah. Cousins. I don't know that – of course they want to win the Super Bowl, but I don't know that there's something that it's like Super Bowl or bust. Like if they could be relevant for like, five what, or six what, years, I think they'd do cartwheels. Like when Sexy Rexy was the yeah. head coach, and they went through what did they do three or four year run, yeah, with Sanchez and yeah, Mister Zagura. Somebody tweeted PFT commenter and Big Cat, okay, and said false alarm. Mark Davis still has his hair. They're eating in an eatery, and Mark Davis is in the background. He put it back on with a full. He put the piece back on. <laughs> Yeah. So they no. Think, unless it could be an old picture. I mean, we're, no. we're going off of Big Cat right no. now. No. But nonetheless, Big Cat's reputable. Right now and find out. He's super reputable. Yeah. All right. Number eight on thing or not a thing. Tony Pollard draws major interest in free agency and ultimately leaves the Cowboys. Bishop, thing or not a thing? Not a thing. I, they're not a. Con he's better than Zeke. They're not really a contender in my view either way for the Super Bowl. And when he, when he says major interest, it makes me believe that people would pay a lot, and I don't think that they will. Isn't he coming off of a very serious injury as well, Pollard? Didn't he get hurt at the end of last year? Yeah, but I, I don't think remember it's not serious. Not serious. Okay. No. Yeah, I'm going to say. Sport Track projecting a twenty three year twenty five point four zero million dollar deal, average annual value of eight. He says higher, surpassing ten. No. Uh. -uh. 
I don't think they're thinking that he could get franchise tagged. Yeah. I I think he will get a lot of interest. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that people will think that he might be the best of the running backs in free agency and especially at the value point. Josh Jacobs, who just led the league in rushing, is going to want a certain amount of money. Saquon Barkley is going to want a certain amount of money. Tony Pollard might be the best deal and maybe the most talented. He's very versatile as a runner and a receiver. He is the fact that they still force Zeke down people's throats to me is wild. Yeah. Uh, I really think that I think that Tony Pollard is yes, I think this is a thing. I think Tony Pollard will draw major interest and ultimately could get franchised cuz it's only 10 million. Yeah, it's not breaking the bank. Mm-mm. Now you got to deal with you get rid of you got to get rid of the contract at that point. Yeah, yeah they got to get rid of that. Number seven, Dan Snyder sells the team to Jeff Bezos, Jay Z, and Matthew McConaughey. Is the girl <laughs> a thing or not a thing? No chance. Boy, CBS Sports going off the rails. Over his dead body. I'm calling it a thing, baby. I love this group. Sure I like are. the no, idea no, no, of I Bezos, Jay Z, and like, McConaughey. There's zero chance Dan Snyder sells to Bezos. Aren't they going to the force him to sell at some point? They points? are, but there are many suitors. Like he can, he'll have the ability to pick who he wants to sell to. He's not selling to the guy who spent the last three years investigating him at the Washington Post. I don't know. No I chance. Like I love it, but no I like thing. it. There's, I love it. Wishful no. thinking. Yeah. Think. I also think NFL owners who are several, many of them are billionaires. None of them want somebody who this far usurps their wealth in their club. Not yeah. a thing. On to number that six. That has to be scary. On the uh, top ten crazy NFL predictions, Odell Beckham Jr. signing, re-signing with the New York football giants. Bishop, thing or not a thing? I think it feels like a realistic thing. Seems like it That's could a thing. It was even talked about yeah. last year. He wanted to go chance back to the Giants. Very good chance. I think, I think he, he loves like New York. It. Yeah. Yep. Checks every box. Yeah. They're, and they're not – they were their contenders. They're a playoff team. Dable seems likable. Yeah, feels like – Coach of the year. Checks every box. Up next, number five, Lamar Jackson demands a trade. Zagura, thing or not a thing? I put not a thing. I don't know what's going on there. But when you get – he wants fully guaranteed. Well, when you get the franchise, exclusive franchise tag, that is fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So I think he will play that out, but it will be a season of turmoil again. I don't think they get a long-term deal done. I think that – but yeah, He'll sit out all of December again. He might demand a trade. You have people – right now you have a lot of talky heads saying until he gets his long-term contract, he shouldn't play. I don't know that that works. I don't think it does either. And I they are just – too damn stable an organization to have this be that big of a soap opera. Yeah. I, I've always thought that it would be short-term, big money, three years, 200 or something like that, huge year-by-year, year, all guaranteed. I mean, to me, that feels like where they're headed. Yep. On to number four in terms of the NFL crazy offseason predictions. Aaron Rodgers returns to the Packers. Bishop, thing or not a thing? Well, I think it's... Isn't he under contract? He is. He's under contract with Green Bay. He was on McAfee yesterday and said, I'm not talking about any of it. After coming out of the... He was in 
isolation. <laughs> he wouldn't talk about his experience. He talk, no, he would, I don't know if he talked about that, but he wouldn't talk about like his future or what he was thinking or anything like that. Nothing would surprise me. Like This thing was far closer to a divorce, it felt like, a year ago than it does now. I think you could talk me into anything here. And I saw the reporting out of Green Bay. There was a guy who's covered the Packers forever. He said they're sick of him. He's been sick of them. They're sick of him. Who knows? I Nothing would surprise me. If you're him, what's a better football situation? Unless you just don't want to live in Green Bay anymore after all this time, which I don't blame you. But, like, just from a football perspective, like, Christian Watson came on. Yeah, agreed. The NFC is not great. No. Didn't, didn't they redo Aaron Jones's contract? They did. Jeff Darlington on ESPN Today says that Aaron Rodgers ultimately will end up back with the Packers, according to his sources. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Interesting. Darlington's wouldn't gone from the Brady camp to the Rodgers camp. There you go. Yeah. So I said on this one, thing. Yeah. Feels like an accurate thing. Could happen. On to number three. Jordan Love's never going to play. Never. Girl, this one is for you. Oh, you know what? I should make this for Bishop because I feel like this is more of a college football-ish sure. question. So we'll start with, with Bishop. Uh, Florida's Anthony Richardson, one of the most intriguing quarterbacks in this class, falls to the end of the first round. Thing or not a thing? It's pretty amazing because CBS Sports today did a mock draft that had him going number one overall. So that's the deal here. That was Trapezo that had that? I'm pretty sure. He, Richardson... Anthony Richardson is supremely gifted. It is very much a Malik Willis situation where incredible gifts. He had a game against Oregon at the beginning of last year where you thought, good Lord, this kid could win the Heisman. But he's wildly erratic. Um, so I think it's very possible that he could fall all the way out of the first round what? by the time all is said and done. Is he coming out early? Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, he's in the mix in the first round. Yeah. Doesn't want to play school. So... Um, I put this was a thing because it's, it's it's in play. It's in play that he could fall. Yeah, somebody will take a gamble on him. It wouldn't surprise me to see him be drafted by a team that has a quarterback. Yeah, he's not going next year. Right, he's we'll not ready to play. We'll go through some of the uh, latest mocks that are out this week tomorrow. Yeah, it's it, there. There's some crazy, crazy things. Hmm. Uh, up to number two. The NFL makes roughing the passer even worse. Zakura, thing or not a thing? I hope it's not a thing. So I'm going to say that because I want to speak it into existence. They've got to get this right. You can't, like the Chris Jones one I remember on Derek Carr's being egregious. There have been so many bad ones. Like, just get it right. Fix it. This is, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous and it changes the game. So they're saying, what his prediction is, is the NFL is indeed going to make the penalty reviewable. And he thinks that that would make it a disaster. I, I think that might clear it up. It should clear it up. If anything, it yeah. would make it clear it up. So I'm going to say not a thing because I I don't think it'll happen. And if But if this does happen, then that would be a thing. Yep. I think you want it once right. Just it's, get it right. It, it's interesting because he says, remember when the NFL made pass interference reviewable for one year in 19, uh, only 13 of 81 pass interference challenges were successful per SI.com. There were two reasons why, in my opinion. One, I hypothesized the league wanted officials to lean toward their original call. And two, slowing down these kinds of plays in the review process really muddled things. Wouldn't everybody sign up for a roughing the passer that I think, for me, it would do two things. No use of helmet to helmet from defensive player to quarterback. Don't spear. Same thing as in receiver, everything else. And stay off their legs. 
Like, to me, anything other than that. If you hit him in the strike zone, fine. Fine. Like, Can't, and no hand to the head, too, even though that's hard. But I would look for if it's I like a glancing. hand to the head, like, as long as it's Because you're trying a, to hit the ball. Yeah, as long yeah. as you're batting at the ball. Like, I, to me, like, this whole. It needs to be rough. Yeah, it needs. We know what it is. Like. And it can't be late. It can't be like. Of course, that's late hit. Like, that's 15 yards. But in terms of roughing the passer, stay away from their knees and legs. Don't spear with the helmet. Hit them anywhere from the thigh to the shoulder pads. And you can land on them. It's tackling. And land on them. Not penalty. Yeah. The idea that a defensive player is supposed to somehow in the in midair not land on a quarterback or drive him to the ground is nonsense. No, they got to get rid of that. It's stupid. Awful. It is stupid. Final one. You can't. I think if you pick somebody up and then tried to drive them in, like where it was excessive force, like where it was obvious that it was an extra move. But if you just tackle them and fall on them because you tackled them, that's not roughing the passer. Yeah, but even the one that you're describing is roughing anyway. I was going to say, was right? Brock Purdy roughed when he got hurt in the NFC Championship game? No, was that a drive? Because it was he was being he was throwing. You're the talking ball about like the, the Turkey Wait. Jones Terry Bradshaw yes. situation, yeah. like that thing. But That's that would roughing. be roughing anyway, yes. right? Right, should be. So it's not like if that it happened to a be. position That's a good player. Point by using it yeah. should be in today's NFL. Yeah, I mean, like if if that was a position player, it would be that way too, right? Yeah. If you dra- grabbed a position player and pot- pile drived them by their head, that'd be a penalty. So uh, it's some common sense. Yeah. Final one. On the top 10 craziest NFL offseason predictions from CBS Sports, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow reset the QB markets. Zagura, thing or not a thing? Yeah, thing. Makes perfect sense to me. Those is are going to be the next two. two. Is it Lamar that resets? No. Them? It'll be those two. No, it'll be those two. I think, how do you define? Are we defining it as they'll both make more than $230 million guaranteed? They're both just going to have the most highest average. Or are we going to say that they're going to have the most highest average? According to him, the part of this prediction is picking both to surpass Aaron Rodgers' annual $50.27 million deal. That I believe. I do not think that it'll be important for Burrow and probably not Herbert that they get $230 million guaranteed like Watson got. In fact... I wouldn't be surprised if both of these guys, I think it would be smart for both of them to do a similar thing like with Watson, where you go, or like um, uh, like I outlined with Jackson, where you go a shorter term, huge per year. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yep. So that you can get another bite at the apple again. Yep. Like redo this again. Like they're going to redo the Mahomes contract. These are all going to get yeah, I redone. Mean- so I think. I, I don't think it'll be the 230, but I, I think the, one of them will be the highest paid quarterback. It's interesting. Next year. In the article, he, ref, he references sport, uh, spot track again, he, and he has Herbert's projected salary of 42.4, Burroughs at 44. Those contracts wouldn't even break into the top five of highest paid quarterbacks. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, I, I, I think both happen. All right. Good job out of you, Gibby. Well done, gentlemen. All right. Good idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very good. I mean, it's it's all of us. It's a, it's a team approach here, kids. Uh, all NFC North roster as we build towards our all NFL roster coming up next. You'll see Cleveland Brazelli brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
All right, time for the all-NFC North team. And this goes back to the conversation we have about Cousins. It's very doable. I'm sorry, Rodgers. Very doable in the NFC. This division, this division is just not great. Um, it is the NFC North. Let's do it. Let's do it. Your quarterback on the NFC North. Kirk Cousins is my quarterback in the NFC NFC North over Aaron Rodgers. Last year, Kirk Cousins was pretty darn good. Did go to the Pro Bowl, as we've talked about. Uh, but Captain Kirk was so pretty did Tyler elite. Huntley. I'm just, we're going to live in a world where that <laughs> didn't happen. I think we're done using the Pro Bowl as any sort of measuring stick. Cousins last year, 13-4, and 4, 66% completions, 4,547 yards, 29 touchdowns. 14 picks, which is actually the career high in terms of picks for him. 29 touchdowns. Last three years, though, at least 4,200 yards, 66% completions, an average of over 30, like 32 touchdowns, and 11 picks a season. Quarterback rating in the hundreds. He's he's very solid in that regard. I would, if I was playing, picking a team, I take Rodgers every day. I this got is based left. on last year. It's based on all, all NFC North team. So I think we're just picking a team that can go play in a mythical game. So I'm taking Rodgers. No, we're, it's just like the end of the year awards for the AFC North. What is it? We're is not it basing it on awards their, or we, is yeah, it, we're not is basing it where it on we their, are. their potential. I thought That's it was a, based on the year that you yeah, had. Based on the year that this you year, had. The 2022, this is the 2022 all AFC North team. All right. Now I got to see if there's a way that I can convince myself that Jared Goff had no. a better year than Cousins. You didn't. What's what was wrong with what I just gave you right there? It's fine. Cousins. I just think Cousins is just. There's nothing. It's just. What did Goff do? Not that. I'm excited for Goff next year, though. I still Goff will, was pretty good. I will never. Forty five hundred yards, twenty nine touchdowns, seven picks, sixty six percent completion. Okay. I'm going Goff. I'm anti Cousins. Give me Goff. All right, running back. So Just, we don't have a consensus QB. Is what you're do we have to? No. Yeah, we do. We do? Yeah. Can't you just come with me on golf? You like him. California kid. Yeah. It's valedictorian in summer school anyway. He wore 16 for Joe. All right, hold on a second. Go back and give me those Give me those numbers again. Goff was 44. Hold on, hold on. 65%, 44-38, 29 touchdowns, 7 picks. What was his rating? And what was his QBR? Uh, the rating, 99.3, QBR, 61.1. All right. Cousins. 90, Pro Bowler, by the way. Pro well. Bowler, 92.5 and 49. All right, okay, fine. Go. Goff wins? Goff wins. Good. Goff it Makes is. Goff. Um, all right, running back. Jamal Williams had like 75 touchdowns. That's, that's going to be the answer. It is going to be Jamal Are we going to go one or two of them? I think we just had one, right? We did 11. We're oh, yeah, we just did one. Yeah, did Jamal Williams with? really have the best year of all these running? He probably did. He did. But he was short. I mean, what's his yards per carry? I bet it's not great. No, I think he's I think he's much better than you would have thought. Uh, Is he? Yeah. Jamal Williams had a solid season. The Lions just taking over, by the way, for us on this one. I got to break it down to my get this all sorted for the AFC. Yeah, get it all sorted. He had a, four yards of carry, 17 touchdowns, 1,066. 17 With touchdowns, my friend. Yeah, he was a red zone guy for them. He did a lot of that. Better than, um, I mean, Cook didn't have a great year. 
right? No. What did Cook end up? Dalvin Cook had. I don't know why it's so. Just give me like the. Yeah, this thing is not working at a rate that you'd like. Just give me the normal. Oh, here we go. All right. Um, Aaron Jones had 1,125 yards, 5.3 yards carry, only two touchdowns. I mean, Jamal Williams had, like we said, the 17. Dalvin Cook, 1,243 yards, 4.4 yards of carry, eight touchdowns. Dalvin Cook also contributed. This is something that Jamal Williams did not. 45 catches for 305 and another right. four scores. Dalvin, Cook's, Dalvin the Cook's the running back. That's the right choice. Uh, and Nick Chubb are the only rece- running backs, I think, with 1,200 or more yards in uh, the last three years, all three. Wide receivers. I'm going to go out of a limb and say Justin Jefferson's in. Yep. I think Christian Watson's in. Mm-hmm. Based on what he was second half. I don't know about that. And I want to say probably Amron St. Brown. Those would be my three. He's definitely in. Those would be my three. Amron St. Brown, Christian Watson, and Jefferson. Runs Amon Ross St. Brown is most definitely in here. Um, all right. So Justin Jefferson well, that's, is a lock. Yeah. This is really, sadly, this is a two-receiver division, if we're being totally honest about it. Amon Ray St. Brown is 106 for 1161 and six touchdowns. Justin Jefferson, Offensive Player of the Year, he's obviously in. He had 1857 and eight on 135 catches. Both of them have pro football focus grades in the 90s. Christian Watson is going to be our third, I would think. So he's got 611 and seven. Lazard, 788 and six. Thielen, 766 and six. Watson came on late. He was injured early. Yes. And then there was a time where he was like, you could count on him. Like yeah. every week he got you a touchdown. So I, I think okay. that the ceiling's better there. So that that's where this division is struggling right now. This division has probably the weakest quarterback. Weakest quarterback and outside of Jefferson. I'm on Ray St. Brown. He's legit. nice, but like it's not like what we're running out in the AFC North. He's a legit slot receiver. He is, but we're yeah. running out. Cooper, Cooper Higgins, Chase, Higgins. Chase. That's yeah. another level. Yeah. I'm on uh, Ray St. Brown would fit into that. In a real football team, you would probably want yeah. – You'd probably want Chase Cooper and Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Um, all right, tight end. Hawkinson. Yeah, easy. All right, we got to pick the pace up here. Um, you, you could skip the – if you want to skip the line and just go to defense here, unless there's someone on the line that stands out to you. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give it to Bakhtiari like and Panay Sewell. Yeah. Bakhtiari didn't even play, though. He's still on my team. Was Decker good this year? Hard to imagine anybody in Chicago was good. We need to do more investigation for that. Uh, Frank Ragnow was the center, that's for sure, for yeah. Detroit. All right. Let's start with Edge. Hutchinson was great. Loaded. He was, but was he better Sedarius. than Sedarius Smith and Their Daniel Hunter? Their defense was brutal. Minnesota's defense was brutal. Yeah, the guy got fired. You know, as we're doing this, I could tell you that I probably watched the least amount of this division's football of any one of any of the – divisions so we went three of these last time so daniel hunter had 13 sacks zadaria smith 10 aiden hutchinson 11 so those three are probably the three hutchinson zadarius and daniel hunter on the interior of the defensive line uh kenny clark is definitely the best of that group fine with that linebackers devondre campbell would be one of our interior guys is my guess there, and then let me look here. Hold it's on. like Rashawn Gary is good, but he is a, I mean, he's like a three-four end. Yeah. 
Campbell and Jordan Hicks are probably the two linebackers. Off ball. Yeah. Not this is not a great division. No. No. That's Campbell the overwhelming good. thing that you you jump away come away with here. All right. Um corners going to be Jair Alexander is sure. one of them for sure. Oh boy. We got to pick 3 of these guys. I don't know if anybody in Chicago was good. Did Akuda bounce back? Uh, Razul Douglas had a nice season. He had four picks, and then Pat Pete had five picks. Pat, so that would be the three. Which Pat one? Pete, Pat Pete, and uh, Razul Douglas, Douglas should is be not on, even there. on the list. He should be Green Bay. All right, yeah, this division's brutal. Yeah, uh, no kidding. And then safeties. safeties. Oh, we loved Harrison Smith. Did he have a good year? I don't know if he's still good. I think Eddie Jackson is probably the creme de la creme here. We could go Eddie Jackson and Harrison Smith. On, we'll give him some name recognition there. Specialists. Oh, boy. That's a bad division, man. Why would Rodgers leave this? That's the thing that makes no sense because it just is. Right. We'll have to figure this out. We're up against it. we got to run. All right. All right. We gotta start. This, this is not a great division. That's that's the that's my big takeaway. So much more to come. You'll see Cleveland Browns daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and eight fifty ESPN Cleveland.